Welcome to Living Rural, a podcast on home financing and mortgages for rural living. I'm Michelle Sandin, your host and your Rural First Consumer Lending Officer with Farm Credit Services of America. Let's dive into the world of rural home financing together. On this episode of Rural Living, I have in the studio with me today Aaron Butler, a Farm Credit Services of America appraiser. I asked Aaron to join me today to talk about some important aspects of an appraisal, why it is necessary to have an appraisal done for a home loan, and what determines a value. So welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, you've you've uh, made the trip one time before, so it's good to have you back here on the podcast for Rural First. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Exciting to do another one. Yes. So I thought we'd um, first help our listeners understand kind of what is an appraisal and what it what does it consist of? So if you can help me kind of give them some information on that. An appraisal is, it's a report. It's an overview of the property that's in the transaction. Mm -hmm. It's a list of all of the features, size, room count, garage, site size, all of the information about the subject. And then it's compared to three similar sales most comparable to it in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. maybe comparable size, condition, acreage, age. And then it paints a picture of how it com- how the subject compares to the other recent sales, which determines the the mar- the range of market value with purchase prices. It just kind of paints a picture of how the subject compares to others in the market, and that's how we come to an opinion of market value. Got it. So so kind of when you're looking at it, we're trying to find comparables of similar style. You know, if we're if we have a ranch, we're looking for different ranches. Are you able to use like a two-story home when we're comparing like a ranch home or how does that play into part? You can. You can use different design. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes with rural properties, it's more about um, the location mm-hmm. of people want to just get out to the country and mm-hmm. so they, you know, a ranch it might be ideal, but there might be a two-story that's really similar, mm-hmm. maybe on the same five acres or something in the neighborhood. And you can make an adjustment. There's not really an adjustment to be made in the market for a two-story versus a ranch. Mm-hmm. But bedroom count and square footage uh, are given consideration. So it, it's kind of a wash. Um, but like I said, the rural location drives buyers more than the specifics of the dwelling. Of the dwelling. Got it. And I know, you know, because we're, we we pride ourselves on financing rural America. So there's a lot of times where I have a home in five acres or 10 acres or even 40, 40 acres or 80 acres. How do we play into part, you know, valuing that, that land for our consumer? Uh, depending on the type of land, the utility, if it's, you know, 40 acres, is it pasture, is it right. timber? That kind of determines the value per acre. All timber would have a different value than uh, 40 acres of something that be, could be planted to crop. Row crop, right. Yeah. So it just depends on the utility, the, to- the topography of mm-hmm. the site, too. Mm-hmm. You could have two completely different 40-acre parcels. We find similar, we try to find similar recent sales of vacant land as well to come up with that site value to find the range, 
of adjusted sale prices per acre, mm-hmm. and that's how we end up determining our site value. Yeah, I know a lot of people. A lot of people kind of ask me, you know, when they're looking at land, whether they own it or or they're looking to buy it, is you know what the value is, and and I kind of question like, is it income producing? You know, is it tillable? Is it corn and beans where you get some income off of that, or is it just pasture and timber? Because I know that plays into part. I never give a value because that is way beyond me, but it's just then they kind of understand like, oh yeah, okay, it's not you know when it's income producing, it may be worth a little bit more than just that site. Or if somebody does have forty acres and they're wanting to parcel off five or ten you know, they think that value is still the same, but I try and paint that picture that now it becomes a, a site value, a home site value. So we don't quite get the, you know, the value that you have if it, if we leave that in income producing land. Correct. When you kind of take out the site parcel just for the, the dwelling and the couple acres around it. Yes. That does um, compare differently to 40 acres, um, a house on 40 acres. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so one of the main questions I get asked a lot of times is, do I have to have an appraisal done? You know, is that a requirement? And here at Farm Credit, we do require require an appraisal on every loan. And this kind of helps us to determine our collateral position because we want to know what is that worth? So can we dive a little bit deeper, Erin, into kind of what determines that value? What paperwork you look for kind of when you see even a, receive an appraisal request? Because I know when I order it, it kind of comes through our appraisal team who sends the order form over to you. I assume you get a copy of my purchase agreement. And then if it's a construction loan, which we'll talk more about here in a minute, but the plans and specs. But kind of what, what all does it entail when you get that order form, what you do? And like I said, just to help explain to that consumer why we have to have it done to help support our collateral position. When we receive a request, uh, we find out the reason for the appraisal. Is it a refinance? Mm -hmm. They just want collateral if they're building a house somewhere else. The reason for the appraisal is is very important. Um, We require the address, unless it's a vacant parcel and an address hasn't been assigned yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Legal description, borrower's names, contact information, if we can reach out to the borrower, if it's a sale, and it's on the MLS, maybe the selling, the listing agent right, okay. might be somebody. And then the purchase agreement is very important if it's a sale. That gives us the agreed upon purchase price between the buyer and seller. Right. And then, yes, new construction, we do need the plans, the specifications, and then the cost sheet or like a budget just mm-hmm. to, to make sure we know everything's kind of in line with the market. Right. So what determines an appraised value, the... So the market, when we have a willing buyer and a willing seller, and they come to an agreed price Uh and properties sell for that price, that kind of sets the market for that type of property. There might be a range with a few several thousand dollars, but what people are paying for properties, when we take all the information I mentioned before Mm -hmm. about the property, how big it is, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, the age of it, the condition, and then we compare it to other properties that have recently sold in the market. Mm-hmm. That's where we come to our uh, adjusted range of of sale prices. How does our subject compare to three properties that are similar that have just sold in the market? What are people paying for this property, this type of property? How many days on the market? That makes a difference too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that comes into our determination or our opinion of market value. So there's kind of uh, adjustments made for bedrooms and then like the style of the home and maybe 
the land to there again five acres versus a, am I comparing it to forty acres? So you kind of just make adjustments, good and bad, if you might say, to kind of get that value. Do I understand that correctly? Not an appraiser. <laughs> yes. Nope. You are perfectly correct. We do make adjustments. Got it. If our subject is fourteen hundred square feet, for example, and it's on two acres, has a typical three bedroom, two bath. If we're comparing it to one of our sales that's maybe 1,800 square feet, uh, three bedroom, three bath, there are adjustments we make to bring them more in line together Got it. so that they're kind of more equal. And those adjustments help us figure out that range of adjusted sale prices when we look at all the comps compared to our subject. Is there a guideline as to how far back we want that, that sale that we're comparing it to, or can we go a little bit longer? Typically... Six months is okay. is ideal. Mm-hmm. However, depending on the market, depending on the location, the property itself, you might have to go back 12 months. You might have to go back to two years okay. to find something similar. But typically, the last couple of years, the market's been pretty stable so that you can use something that sold two years ago with not much of a, of a difference in the market. Mm-hmm. Do you find, and we'll talk more about construction too, but do you find that it's hard? Because I, I feel like in my area, I do a ton of construction. And of course, they don't sell. Um, you know, people are staying. So we don't use those new homes as comparables, do we or do we not? We do not. Okay. You could build a home and build it as custom as you wanted. Yeah. And just because you spend so much money on your property, it doesn't mean that it it's comparable in the market because it hasn't sold. There hasn't been a willing buyer that says, hey, this is what I'm willing to pay for your property. So yes, we do a lot of new construction. And sometimes I think, oh, I just did one, but it was new construction. So it's sometimes it is hard to find something brand new that has sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically try to stay within five years if I can find something at least. I mean, two to three years is is great. Um, typically rural properties, they are built for their forever homes. People mm-hmm. aren't in the process of, or in the business of building and selling a lot right. of homes. In more residential areas, that's it's not hard at all to find a new con- a new construction. Sure. Does that kind of answer? Yes. Okay. Yes. That helps clarify. So what are our turn times? And I know we have appraisers. Talk to me a little bit about um, farm credit. We have appraisers within farm credit. Um, I don't know if you know how many we have on staff or kind of, and then what are our turn times as far as when you get an order, how fast we try and kick it out the door. I know sometimes it's a little bit different, but um, I feel like we're very, very quick on our appraisal turn time. So I just wanted to share that a little bit. Rural first. Right now we have eight staff on our consumer lending team. We cover a few different states, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, and we all have different areas within those states where we're located. Um, there's three of us in Iowa. We each have about a third of the, of the state and our... That's a huge territory. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it is a large territory. However, with a lot of what we're doing with rural properties, markets are different in different areas of the state. But when you do some research and you kind of get to know the market, you have an idea of what's different in Northwest Iowa compared to Southwest Iowa. Okay. How something in Pottawatomie County might be different than something in Cass County. Closer to those metro areas, prices tend to increase a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the rural markets tend to be not have such a big of a difference as residential markets. So while we do have large territories, we get to know our markets. Um, we belong to multiple MLS or multiple listing services. So uh-huh. we can see 
what realtors are listing properties for, what they're selling for. That's how we get the best information, okay. having access to those to those MLS databases. So yes, there's eight of us right now. And our turn times, because we're within, we're an in-house team, mm-hmm. our turn times are pretty good. We have a 10 to 14 day kind of a guarantee. We get those done within that period of time, mm-hmm. sometimes quicker because we only have the one lender rural first. Right. So it's pretty smooth as far as their underwriting, mm-hmm. the people we're working with, the lending officers mm-hmm. like yourself. Yeah. Um, everybody's kind of on the same page. So our appraisals are, are easier to, comp- to complete in that sense. I will say people are pretty amazed when I tell them, you know, basically we have the loan approved. We're just needing appraisal and title work. And oh my gosh, how long is that going to take? I said, honestly, probably two weeks. Our appraisers are awesome. So kudos to you guys because you do. You turn them very, very fast. And, and and not only myself, but my customers and realtors, if it's a purchase, they, they're truly amazed when I say I should have it back in 14 days or less. Thank you. And I, I think we pride ourselves too on our ability to get those requests in, do a qual- put together a quality appraisal mm-hmm. and get it back to rural first in in pretty good time. Yeah. Yes. So being do yourself, you said cover essentially a third of the state of Iowa. Do you go to every single appraisal appointment or how do you how do you get around and get them done so quick? Well, I think this partially came into play with COVID as well. Mm-hmm. We do not have to physically inspect each property that we appraise. Okay. We have another some tools that we have mm-hmm. um, with technology that the homeowner can do a walkthrough of their house and take pictures. It's a link on our software. It's emailed to them. Oh, cool. They can use their phone, take pictures, living room, kitchen, bathroom, everything we need. Uh-huh. In fact, there's a list, I believe, of every picture that we would like right. to take. Uh-huh. They send those back to us and... That does speed up the process a bit. They can get it done in a day. They can get it to us in two days. Right. Whereas if I'm driving two counties away, three counties away, it just depends on our schedule, Mm -hmm. how busy we are. So it does save a lot of time. And they do a great job of taking pictures. Really? Yeah. Everybody likes to take pictures at home and share them, right? Yes. Everybody's, I think like we've talked before, they're proud of their property. And if they've made any changes, they want to show you, you know, what it looks like. So most people are really agreeable to doing it that way. Technology today is great. So I think that helps. Helps your travel time too. It does. And then you don't necessarily, a lot of people, most people work eight to five. Mm-hmm. And so they have to take time off of work or yeah. make sure somebody's there to let the appraiser in. And this kind of saves them from having to hassle with that. Right. I do go out and inspect some properties. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there, there's one that you just might want to get a set of eyes on yourself. Right. Or maybe it's someone that's not really familiar with technology or just doesn't isn't comfortable yeah. taking their own photos. So it's great to get out there and meet the borrowers. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting the people and talking to people is, is half of an appraisal, yeah. really. So it's really great when you can get out there and talk with uh, the homeowners and just see it for yourself. That's nice, yeah. So one of our niche products here at Farm Credit Services Rural First is our construction product, which we alluded to a little bit earlier. But... We do offer a one-time close, and all fees are done at the beginning of the loan. So with that in mind, um, we do require an as-completed appraised value. So once I've sat down with my customer and I let them know we have loan approval, that it's subject to the appraisal, I try to let my customers know that it's very, very important that I have to have 
um, great documentation. Uh, the full plans, bids, specs, you know, the purchase agreement or the legal description if they already own it. But the better information I get, um, I kind of tell them the better value they're going to get. I also want to know, is there any outbuildings on this property? Or like we said earlier, is there land? Um, what does it consist of? Row crop? Is there ponds? Is there timber ground? You know, what, what all is on your product? So sometimes it's amazing. I can get a, a, napkin with a chicken scratch of what they want what they want to build. So I've really worked hard the last couple of years because like I said, our construction product is just evolving um, of having them sit down. I mean, I don't necessarily require them to go to a drafter, but you know, I, I want to know the dimensions and my appraiser needs to know that too. So, you know, and I want to know what is all into this project. Are you putting tile or are you putting um, carpet? You know, I don't have to know the specifics, but I think just that floor covering helps or what kind of countertops are you putting in, you know? So help our listeners understand too why it's so important to have all these documents as to what's going into your project. Well, it is helpful to have the dimensions. We want to know the square footage, how much of it is going to be finished. Is the basement finished? Is there a basement? Is it just going to be left as you, you know, storage for now, which is very typical with new construction. So when we receive all the documentations for a proposed new construction, we start our research based on the information we get. And sometimes things do change within the process. Sometimes when you're building, you might see something that just really you hadn't thought of before, uh-huh. or maybe costs are higher than you thought, so you're not going to finish that basement now, or you're not going to put up that second garage. There's a lot of different things that can happen, but we want the most accurate information so that we have the most accurate outcome. Mm-hmm. We want your lender to know everything you're doing to the property so that you get credit, in a sense, for right. everything you're doing. Um, interior finishes do make a difference. A willing buyer may pay a little more for some upgraded finishes Mm -hmm. versus lower cost, lower grade finishes, which it's all okay. If it's functional, it's great. You don't have to put in expensive countertops and backsplashes and things. You don't have to do that. You just want to make sure that your home is functional, Mm -hmm. that everything is obviously safe and built very well. Right. But you don't have to spend a lot of money to build a new home. But somebody is willing to pay a little more and your value might come out a little higher if you are putting any upgrades into it. But if you can give your lender the best idea of what you're going to do in the beginning, that's that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. We do have a spreadsheet too that we share. If they don't, if they're not working with a general contractor, um, I kind of give them the spreadsheet. And, and sometimes they're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot landscaping or I forgot excavation," because those are all things that go into the construction project. Not necessarily that would help the value, but sometimes it does. Or you know, is there already water on the property, or do we have to dig a well, or do we have rural water close, or How far is electricity? You know, do I got to run it clear up? If I'm building clear up on the hill, you know, that does take into effect. And that's all part of that, that cost of the project that we want to know. And a lot of that goes into site value. You're Mm -hmm. um, increasing the value of your property. If you're, like you say, if you're building on top of the hill, if you're if you have a 600 foot driveway compared to a 200 foot driveway or just a short little driveway, there's a lot more cost in that. And you know, there's more value to that driveway. It might be leading you up to a private wooded setting. So it kind of helps overall. It all comes together and it all helps um, support that value. Got it. Yeah. 
And and determining, like I said, we order that as completed appraisal. So I'm going to know right up front kind of what this property is, be, is going to be valued at, which helps determine my uh, final loan amount because we want to make sure that we're, we're in good collateral position for our borrower. So, so thanks, Aaron, for coming in today and explaining kind of the appraisal, uh, the appraisal process, why it's important to have an appraisal done and kind of what, what all goes into determining that value. So I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me, Michelle. Yeah. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Living Rural. I hope you have found value in the information we have shared regarding appraisals. We release new episodes each week and look forward to seeing you next time.